The first thing I do when I walk in here is I, I start cleaning up. I sweep the floor, I clean, <laughs> wipe off the benches and uh, start putting things around, you know, sorting things out a little bit. And then when I sort of fiddled around enough, then I'll just pick up a bit of clay and start playing with it. And then, you know, a couple of days will go by. <laughs> But I, I spend a lot of time just circling around the outside, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, without coming through the door. It's odd, isn't it? <laughs> I don't like standing up and being the centre of attention, you know? Um, even though I'm the centre of attention in my work, I guess that's my stage, you know. If I'm going to be on a stage, it's going to be on paper. <laughs> and then I decided I wanted to make things and give them to people that I really liked or that whose company I'd enjoyed or who'd done something nice for me, you know. And so I just started making things. Um, I write about things that I wouldn't say to other people. The battle is already in my brain before it hits your eye. I've already despaired and given up and thought, what, what on earth am I? What am, why am I? And then you have another scratch and another play and another. I know now that it's about that bit it's a, it's a competition with yourself and your brain and it's a fabulous, fabulous thing to do in the process. With these, I'm basically just doing some samples on some different types of fabric. And it's actually working all right. I thought it was, um, I thought maybe the threads in the fabric itself might start to fluff through when I tried to stitch it, but I'm kind of, it's going to be all right. I guess I, I largely come from a crafting background. I sort of grew up um, largely knitting, some sewing, and sort of did the compulsory embroidery sample at school and those sorts of things. I think we, when we use language so much, we forget how fabulous words can be and how rich they in if we select words and use words creatively how richly they can sort of give context to what we're trying to communicate making work sometimes can be challenging but well it certainly can be challenging particularly when you start work like it's easy to have the ideas but then 
trying to put them into um trying to shape them the way you envisage is the challenge and that probably in many ways is the real work because it's personally challenging I'm not going that way. That needle kind of punctuates the words as it goes through the fabric or the canvas and you kind of um I can't think, I actually think it sort of reveals the nuances of words and when I stitch words I kind of have that feeling that I'm giving them even more nuance somehow I'm kind of embroidering my words <laughs> in both senses and ways Well, I'm kind of fascinated by, you know, the women whose work it was to create all of this for their partners and families. And... It's pretty hard work, intensive labour. And no matter how hard you work, you want to you want that little bit of luxury and a little bit of self-nurturing where you nurture that little soft feminine bit of yourself. pit <laughs> and uh, there's quite a lot of it and it doesn't take much to get an awful lot of clay you know. I've been making some plates and I've been making them out of uh, the clay that I've dug up and I chuck this in there rub it through a sieve just to get the big chunky bits of gravel out And these um, grasses that are impressed in it are growing on this property. It's a native grass. This one, not sure what that is, but it makes lovely impressions. It's just all so infinitely fascinating. Spear grass, I really like that. It's a connection with the place that I find fascinating, which um, and it's so malleable 
and so expressive and so um, of that place. Yeah, I just absolutely love that. Lots of butterflies at this time of year. Women are particularly underrepresented in, you know, history, and they are the ones that are creating at the most basic level, and uh, creating the homes and the families and the gardens. These are some um, little local paper daisies, which I found and collected off the side of the road. And now they're growing all through here. You know, feeding people and using the plates and the bowls to feed people. And, you know, they have their precious objects. They are literally scratching a living out of the soil that they happen to find themselves on. I like this little corner. That's a native waffle. You find little things that... Um, Little shards of china that were here before, you know, somebody's broken and left behind and just all sorts of little things that you find in the soil that, um, you know, are little mementos of who was here before. Just consolidating the clay a little bit. These I made from a glass dish that I found <laughs> at an op shop. And then I just put two together to make that form. This gorgeous little perfume bottle. I mean, it's just got a gorgeous cut edge. And sometimes I'll use those, for example, to press into some clay and make that beautiful pattern. And I love to impress them on the clay from the place and uh, along with the plants and things that I find there because, um, well, I find it fascinating and meaningful.
it's just that sort of little thing sometimes you see and you kind of just go, oh, that's quite nice. Um, especially working your own sometimes at work and you're kind of thinking, there's no one here to point it out to you. So then I would write it down. This one was um, actually from something I saw at work where a couple came in and the lady, she paid for um, an item and I just watched them go away and they were holding hands and I thought that was quite lovely. Hormones. She grew a beard. He held her hand. He still loved her. They went shopping. people I'm a writer rather than poet because um, writer sort of well on my tax it says author um, but yeah when you say writer it's quite open whereas when you say poet people kind of look at you and kind of go you know is there a market for that leaving home before I stepped outside, my mother warned me to be on the lookout. Beware peer pressure. Don't fall into groups, drinking and drug taking. Don't follow just because everyone else is doing it. She did not mention the pressure of having children. When I write my little bios in my poetry books and things, they're quite... I try not to tell too much about myself. It's quite ambiguous, so it could be anybody. It's just a person writing poetry. Fear 
that thing of growing old and having the wrinkles and you know all that sort of stuff. And it's I don't know. Beth Davis said it's not a place for sissies. Who can find a virtuous woman, for her price is far above rubies? and worketh willingly with her hands. It's only black and white, so it's only about your tricking your eye into reading something that is not there. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. I see the word work as strength. And then, then if I really looked, I would say, okay, that's got to have some dark under there. And so I'm, uh, my, it's about removing the line. So see how I, the line disappears if I shade. So I started out with lines. There are no lines anymore. In the case of the nude, of course, I'm in a long, long tradition. And so I can be at an easel and... and and if I'm in the zone, I am actually challenging Michelangelo or anybody else who's ever done battle with the human body. And that's a, you know, that's a pretty, that's, that's a privilege. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. It's not about beauty and it's not about admiration. It's not about stillness. It's about... Here's a body, and we've all got one. And it just means we're alive, if we've still got one, really. I love pencils. I think I didn't have enough pencils in my poverty-written childhood. I just love... I carry them around with me. Except that the thing about pencils is that people feel free to nick them. That's how little pencils are valued. So it's not about boobs. It's about a body that has purpose and is, you know, is capable and able and... Hmm. 
the strength of a beautiful body, male or female, but in this case female, is something that we should respect and it's also and has always been my anti-war statement because a naked body is what we all have and, and bullets go through it. It's so easily wounded and it's not till you take your clothes off that you're in the one human pool that says, you know, like Shylock, we, we, we are vulnerable, we bleed, we all don't do this. We are not meant to withstand anything but softness and the sun, really. Strength and honour are her clothing and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness. I like the word old and I'm very happy using that word because nobody knows where this generation of older women is going to go or what they're going to do to the world. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates.
And work has so many connotations now for women. So when I was a young woman, um, work was, and I just, if I married, work was not a possibility for me. So most professions, you, you, once you were married, you, you couldn't work anymore. It's an extraordinary idea. So women's work is, is, is really the last 50 years. So it's quite recent. I've kind of done, in the sense of paid work or the world of work, I've done quite a lot of different things and I feel quite fortunate that I've had that range of experiences and varieties. And when I discovered feminism as a thing, um, when I went to uni here uh, as a mature age student, and I already had two small children, I couldn't find any writing about feminist mothers. There was nothing. And I found this book, and I still have it, because this, this woman, Susan, somebody her name is, she wrote this essay about what it was like to be a mother and a feminist. And she said, when she was a mother, she lost herself and she became invisible. And I, I just went, that's it, that is it. This is a pair of flannel pyjama pants. <laughs> I love flannel pyjamas. It's like eating toast on a cold night. I think the hardest work I've ever done is raising children. So that mothering was a really important aspect of work for me. And my kids are about to turn 40 and 41, just to put it all in context. I didn't deal with it very well with babies. Lord help us. There we go, that's one side of the one leg. I don't know what it is, it's about, it's kind of accessible. You know, you, you can have, easily have a sewing machine, you can have a needle and thread, you can 
get books and just figure out how to do it for yourself. Yeah, it's fun and it's practical. I like things that are practical. I was in an up shop in Warrnambool and there was that and that. I worked in social justice for a long time and I worked with women in ag for a long time and those jobs involved a lot of networking and I thought that was really valuable women's work as well. These are really narrow, like that's how wide it is. So I've had this other fabric. It's not a sacred right that somebody is an artist. They got something unusual, they'd keep it for me. So they gave me this. And like, that's like there are people who have vast amounts of talent in all sorts of ways. And what I've done with this is to join it together so that I've got a piece of fabric wide enough. But we don't all have the same talent. And I don't think that ought to be something that stops you from doing something. Well, I can't make a drawing that looks like a photograph. Well, so what? to um, have a sense of humour with my artwork, um, with, with, say, writing something. I like there to be a sense of humour. There's no reason there can't be humour in art. Um, you know, there can be um, emotion and love and death and, you know, hate and, you know, everything like that, you know, supposedly in art. Why can't we laugh at art? Why can't we have a laugh with our art? Um, we got my art and it's filled um, with a lot of things. This is what I... I started off with my first comic character being called Spectrum Girl. I just decided I didn't want to put my name on my artwork. I, I wanted, and I wanted to create this character, you know, like a superhero. But she's not a superhero. She's just a chick in a comic. I have um, crayons. They draw the whole scene of, of my brain. And, and um, me, I'm when I, after I, I had the kids... Um, and I sort of went back to sort of okay, where do I take myself now? I'm not, I'm no longer like the, the young artist and you know and drinking and smoking and going out and you know dragging myself to work anymore. I'm not that person anymore. A lot of things. This is what I, um, I girl looks like when I'm a grown up. So, so I renamed myself Domestic when Punk. When someone was a baby, that's when they were a toddler growing up. <laughs> so yeah. Um, Domestic, oh no, it's, it's, you know, we can all be domestic, can't we? You draw great rectangles. 
How about 100 pictures? 100 pictures? That'd be great. Like one, how about like 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. Magic wand tool is the best tool. You select an area and it won't go over the line. So I can do this. I can just draw and it won't go on that green bit. It's great. <laughs> cigarette butts in the background and yeah a broken bottle and some kid you know pulling another kid's hair you know just those little tiny details and I, I like sort of throwing in the punk as well like domestic punk you know because I don't do it like you know like like you're apparently supposed to